Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Never stops ordering new Nike stuff. But thank God he loves the NBA. Welcome in. It's Nuanas Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Maybe you're watching in. Statewide Television, SWX Montana TV. Want to listen in anywhere besides your traditional radio? You want to watch on your mobile device? Go to 1029ESPN.com. Click on the Listen Live tab. You find the stream. Or you can watch us on YouTube. Just go N-U-A-N-E-Z. That'll get you there. Subscribe. Our YouTube channel's looking good. Tommy's got the graphics rolling. Pretty sweet. The rebrand here at uh, ESPN Missoula has been going pretty good. It's been pretty fun. It's awesome having Tommy back in the chair. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Kyle Sample, the man who never stops ordering Nike stuff, joining me here in studio for the duration of the show. Usually he can only stop by for half an hour, an hour at a time, but this is this is sweet. So thanks for coming by, man. The NBA playoffs make it necessary. That's right. That's right. And, and I know that this we Sample and I talk about this all the time. The NBA is awesome. I know there's a lot of NBA fans out there. I also think that there's still like this lingering thing where people are hesitant to say they're you're either all in or you're like, oh, the NBA is kind of meh. There's still like this 
they don't play defense in the NBA. Those guys are prima donnas, and some guys still think that way. And so if you don't like the NBA, well, I don't know what to tell you. Listen to the show. We'll make you like it, I promise. It's a sweet league right now. Those are the guys who don't watch the NBA. That's right. They're the, the people who say they don't play defense, watch the playoffs. Like, they don't play a lot of defense in the regular season because you, sure. you can't – you don't do a lot of strategy in the regular season because That's you right. can't because you're traveling all the time. You don't have a lot of practice. You That's don't right. do that. Watch how good they are offensively and then tell me they don't play defense. This was the greatest statistical offensive season by many measures in the history of the NBA. Yet, when we watch these playoff games, you have teams that are scoring literally 25 to 30 points less than they average in the regular season because that's how hard they clamp down on defense. These games are in the 90s and 100 is a high score. The last place team in the NBA this year averaged 101 points. Every team in the league averaged 100 points. First time in the history of the league that that has happened. You remember when the Phoenix Suns were like run and gun? Right. Do you know how many points they averaged? 103. 103, like yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you got teams averaging 120 plus. 100. Yeah. I mean, who led like the league the this year? The Nets? I mean, they must have averaged 125 points per game this year. The Bucks, year. I think. We're going to attack all things NBA. We're going to get in and out of, of all of the strengths and weaknesses of many of the playoff teams. Also give you, I gave you my all-NBA list uh, last week. I want to get samples feedback because I have a couple of just broad questions just about the way these lists are structured. So we're talking about that. Uh, we also have a couple gals swinging by to tell you how important it is to wear sunscreen while you're golfing. This is actually a big deal. You Get need the to, ears. You need to wear the sunscreen on the ears, man. The last thing you want is to be out in the sun for a decade or two and uh, then have yourself get some skin cancer or something like that just from enjoying the sun and playing golf or hiking or, or fishing or whatever. There's a lot of outdoor activities upcoming this summer for everybody. So they're going to come in and tell us a little bit more why this is important. Jeff Safford from the Missoula Paddleheads will also swing by about 445, so we'll talk some Paddleheads baseball. I also want to rehash some of the stuff we talked about yesterday. Ty Gregorak was in studio yesterday, and we talked about the rise and fall of various college football programs. And what are the factors? Why is USC not not as good as they once were? Why is Texas struggling to get back to the level of prominence they once attained? What happened to Tennessee? Conversely, why has Oregon and Boise State and schools like this been able to take a seat at the table when uh, maybe they did not have that same seat a generation ago? I gave you some thoughts yesterday. Ty gave some great stories because he played in the Big 12 uh, for the Colorado Buffaloes back in the late 90s and early 2000s. And Colorado is another example of a team that was national championship caliber throughout the 90s and has really not been in the mix whatsoever over the last 15 or 20 years. So I want to rehash that a little bit because I do think it'll lead to some interesting conversations. We're also going to talk about this podcast that both Sample and I have been listening to, Death at the Wing. What a fascinating podcast and what a tragic... I mean, the the stories never end uh, just in terms of what has happened to the wing position, especially from from the 1970s through the mid-1990s. How did so many great players not fulfill their potential. It's a very fascinating analysis. And quite frankly, a lot of these guys actually truly did die. And that's a that's an amazing thing. So we'll get into that a little bit. It's a Tuesday. So we have free Tagliari Deli for you. Tagliari Tuesdays. We do this around here. So this is going to be in the second hour. We usually do it in the first hour, but Jeff Safford's swinging by in the first hour. So bumping the Tagliari Tuesday in the second hour. But we do have a $25 gift card for you to Tagliari Delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the city of Missoula. And quite frankly, the state of Montana. And for you to win those, or for you to be involved in this show, give us a call, shoot us a text, 406-888-1029. That's a new number, 888-1029. Easy to remember, 888-1029. You want to be involved in the show, you got feedback for us about uh, our NBA conversations or any other things we get into, please get a hold of us. 
It'll be a fun time. We also have our Treasure State stars today as well, highlighting some of the best performances from around the great Treasure State. And then the ultimate question, does Brooks Kepka really hate Bryson DeChambeau? Is this a, is this a, uh, a marketing ploy? Is this for social media likes? Or is this pure disdain? I think it's real. So, And I, I can't wait to get into <laughs> all the reasons why. We appreciate each and every one of you out there for spending some time with us on uh, Tuesday. All right, let's talk some NBA. First and foremost, who's your MVP this year? Jokic. It's got to be Jokic. Yeah. I mean, I think this was settled like a month ago, right? Right. Uh, uh, it's Jokic only because Embiid didn't play enough games. Right. I would I would vote. I would uh, say Embiid, when he's on the court, he's every bit as valuable, if not more. It's such an interesting analysis because you could say these guys both play center. They're both seven-footers. But their games couldn't be more different, and the way they impact games couldn't be more different. Embiid is... The way he's diversified his game is phenomenal. I, he He's a guy that, that early in his career, I think a lot of people wondered if he would ever fulfill his potential. I still don't think he has fulfilled his potential, and that is a testament to how just unbelievably naturally talented he is. I, th- I think if he could drop 15 or 20 pounds, that he would be... Uh, like a, a site like we haven't seen since since who Shaq? I mean, he he, he is, I don't know if he would be as dominant as Shaq, but he could be on par with those you know thirty and thirteen guys that are every each and every night just truly unstoppable. And he's almost there, anyways. I just think that the the physical conditioning and the shot selection uh, are still there. I mean, you and I have watched some Sixers games this year, and you're always yelling at the TV because he will make some some bad shots, some 16-foot followers or whatever. But if he just stopped shooting that man, if he just went to the block, he would just be so dominant. I just think he falls in love with how how talented he is offensively. Because right. he can do everything that a big man needs to do offensively. I mean, literally everything he can do. And I think sometimes he just gets a guy and he's just like, uh... I'm just going to shoot this fall away 16-footer because I can do it. But on the next possession, I can just come and back him down and take him to the rim. Like Sometimes it's just a little frustrating. I think he's gotten a lot more consistent with his shot selection, there, though, this year. Nikola Jokic is the opposite side of the spectrum because while he is physically gifted in the fact that he's 7 feet tall, he uh, looks atypical compared to almost every great NBA center we've ever seen. He is perhaps the best passing center in the history of the league. I mean, is that an outrageous statement to make? No. It's arguable. I, I mean, he is. It's arguable. He is, he, it's yeah. definitely arguable. I mean, he is an amazing passer. I mean, he's one of the five best passers in the league right now, right? I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, probably. Like in the in the half court, I would say he's the best passer in the NBA. As far as just having an offense run through him from every spot on the floor, like it's pretty incre- It's pretty incredible to see um, a guy be basically like a point center. Exactly. Like, that's pretty crazy. I also think that that his his aesthetic appeal or lack thereof is one of the funniest parts about him. The two funniest parts about Jokic are one, not to be stereotypical, but he just has such an Eastern European demeanor. He is just so cold all the time. Last night when he got technical, I thought it was amazing. Freaked out. He freaked out. <laughs> and I thought it was amazing because he, he hardly is ever like that. He's usually just Mr. Stone Cold yeah. all the time. But I also think it's so funny when he's dominating the dudes who are all ripped and and you know the freakiest athletes in the world, and he is just baptizing these guys. It's so funny because they get so mad because he looks clumsy. He does when he does it. Like sometimes he'll put up shots, and you're like, how? He'll just like flip it, just like throw it against the backboard or like some like crazy angle, and it's like these guys are 
so athletic, they feel like they should be able to handle him, and he just works angles and like bumble dumbos his way into like shots and into positions on the floor. It's a great reminder, though, that you don't necessarily have to have a ton of lean muscle mass or be super ripped to be strong because he's obviously strong. He knocks guys off the spot all day. When he's he, big. Well, he's, I mean, he's, he's really big. He's really big, but he he's also very powerful. He's way more explosive than people get him credit for. I agree. Nikola Jokic is my Jokic, excuse me, is is my MVP as well. It's Nuanas now one hundred two nine ESPN Missoula. Kyle Sample joining me. Coulter Nuanas here in studio. And beat, I would agree with, would be the runner up for MVP, and I think Chris Paul would probably be the, the my third pick. I would have for Steph. MVP. You, oh, I, I, I totally agree. Actually, I, I rescind that. I would have Steph, and then I would have CP three yeah, fourth. I agree. Okay, so then here comes a couple of my my big questions when it comes to forming your uh, quote unquote all NBA teams. So, are you a position guy, or are you just kind of a make it work for the best five players? No, I think the positions are stupid. Especially I, I because so many it. guys, especially because the NBA has become almost positionless now, anyways, well, right? I just think it's ridiculous that Joel Embiid cannot be first team this year because right. Nikola Jokic is. But, but that's exactly Joel Embiid what, had the second best season or first best season while he was on the floor of anybody, but he's not going to get first team All NBA, which also has an effect on, possibly has an effect on his contract. I don't know if his contract structured that way, but for a lot of players, it is. And it's like, well, that's just dumb. Like, he was clearly. Clearly, if not the best player, the second best player this year. But he can't be first-team All-NBA because Jokic played every game and Jokic is the first-team All-NBA center. I think you should just do it with the five best players. And I don't care if I don't care if one year the five best players were all centers. I don't care. And, that, and that's where it gets into because the, also the delineation between quote-unquote point guards and other guards. Are, are you saying guards and forwards? If you're, if you're structuring where... Only three point guards can make the team. Now you're eliminating some guys, or vice versa, three shooting guards or whatever. I, 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 it does. It gets muddy because I, I think there is a real chance that three guys that finish in the top four of the MVP voting, Jokic, Embiid, and Chris Paul, are first, second, and third team All NBA respectively yeah. because of the positions that they yeah. play, and that's where it gets super awkward and weird. I think. I mean, you could argue that LeBron James has been the best point guard of the NBA over the past dozen years, but he's never been a first team All NBA guard. So a first right. team All NBA right. forward, but right. it's like, does he play? Does he play the conventional forward? No, he definitely does not. He play. He plays more like a point guard, especially the last five years. But I just think it, I just think the position thing doesn't matter anymore because. We've moved away from it. There's like Damian Lillard is a sort of a point guard, but not a traditional point guard. Sure. Steph Curry wasn't a traditional point guard right. this year, but he will be a first team All NBA point guard. I, or I, guard. I, I said this la- a couple weeks ago when Sean Rainey was here. By the way, Sean will be back tomorrow, as he does each and every Wednesday. We've talked the 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 concept of a point forward was sort of brought into the lexicon when Scottie Pippen was coming up, and then has been replicated to a certain extent uh, throughout the last twenty or twenty five years. LeBron James being probably the greatest example of that, but Draymond Green has been a point forward for much of his time with the Golden State Warriors as well. But I was saying that I think that if if we have point forwards, we also need to have power guards, and that's what Russell Westbrook is. He's a yeah. power guard. Yeah. He's not a point guard or a two guard because he can't shoot well enough to be a two. He's not a he, even though he's one of the league's leaders in assists. He's still not a traditional point guard. He just plays on the ball. He's a high usage power guard. 
best rebounding guard in the league by far. So it, it's sort of just the the uh, the antithesis of a of a power of a point forward. The positions just don't make sense anymore. That's right. It just doesn't. It's dumb. It's it's a, a, it's, it's an anachronistic way to do everything. It's like Jalen Rose says. Positions in bas- in the modern day NBA are only used for people who don't understand basketball. Exactly. Yeah, they don't make sense, and they don't make sense for all star voting either. No they, doubt about. They it. They don't make sense at all, right? Personally, like if unless you're the Phoenix Suns, maybe there's not many teams that play like half court basketball, right? Phoenix Suns slow it down, like but the other teams they just you play where you play. So then this brings us to our All NBA team. So uh, I think you and I both agree consensus that. Steph Curry is our first-team All-NBA player this year. Yep. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the first-team All-NBA player this year. I mean, are we going no positions? Or are we going positions? Well, see, I, that that I, here. So I'll give you I'll give you my my first team. I got Steph, Giannis, Jokic, Luka Doncic, and Joel Embiid. So I guess I don't have positions unless you were to categorize in that lineup or whatever that Giannis is playing the small forward and and uh, Embiid's playing the power forward or whatever. But I, I and that's Doncic is another great example because some people that, that have All-NBA ballots were voting for him as a forward to try to get him onto the first team even though he plays on the ball all the time. Right. He's a point guard. He's a point guard. Yeah. but He was drafted as a point guard. Everybody knew he was going to play point guard, but somehow he's a forward, according to the NBA. <laughs> I know. It's so it's so ridiculous. But So who would you have on your first team? Steph, obviously. Jokic, obviously. Uh, Luka. Positionless, I would go Curry, um, uh, Jokic, Embiid, Lillard, and Doncic. So you'd have you'd have Lillard. Okay. Over mm-hmm. Giannis. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you bump Giannis down to the second team. Because I, I had that exact same thing, but then I had Dame Dollar and... Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, and Jimmy Butler on my second team. I think Julius Randle needs to be on the second team because of... The, I mean, have you seen the actual statistics that he finished this season with? He yeah. was like 24, like 26 and, and 12, I thought. Yeah, he averaged like 25, 10, and, and 6 this he, year. Yeah, I, I, I would say that he deserves it. I mean, again, you have to d- differentiate. Are you playing by the NBA's rules or are you not playing by the NBA's rules? Because if you're playing by the NBA's rules, I mean... LeBron missed a ton of games, but right. Do you put Randall over LeBron? I probably would. He had as much impact and played as well on both sides of the floor as LeBron James did, without a doubt in my mind. And basically doing a lot of the same stuff for sure. I saw an amazing statistic the other day: Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry are each tied for second place in active All NBA teams. <laughs> They've each made nine. nine. They have made a combined total of 12 first-team All-NBA appearances in their careers. All three of those guys are absolutely first-ballot Hall of Famers. That still is less first-team All-NBA appearances than LeBron James has in his career. Yeah, That's an amazing thing. Yeah. I get LeBron James missed 20-plus games this year. I don't think that there's any justification to put him on the first team. I think that there's very little justification to put him on the second team. But I do think that LeBron James needs to be All NBA this year, despite how many games he missed. Because when he was at when he was healthy, he was the best player in the league. I don't think he was the best player in the league. He had a stretch there though where he was looking like among the best players in the he league. He was among them. Yeah, I, I, I mean personally, I, he was he, he was a top five player. Yeah, I don't think he was the most impactful player when he was on the floor. When he was healthy this year, though. it was hard to judge too, since he hit, uh, LeBron and, and AD played so limited together as well. 
that's what makes I mean those two together is what makes each other so valuable as well because you have yeah. you have a mismatch advantage at every single opportunity every every possession yeah both sides of the ball yeah that's amazing Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula talking all things NBA you want to get involved with us Kyle Sample sitting in studio with me Coulter Nuanez 888-1029 call us text us if you text us Tommy can forward it along and you can be involved in the conversation as well. Okay, enough All-NBA stuff. Let's talk about the playoffs. First of all, what did you think of the play-in format? I know that it was the second year of the play-in format, but last year it seemed... What's the what's the right word? Because it was in a bubble, it seemed like an anomaly. Now it was like the actual experiment of what this is going to be on somebody's actual home court, and not in front of sold-out crowd yet, but still in front of fans and... I thought that the first night of the play-in games, it looked like it was a disaster with Indiana winning by 40 and then and the Celtics winning in a blowout. But then the games got incrementally better, and I thought the Lakers-Warriors game was awesome. And then I thought sort of this coming of age that we've seen from the Grizzlies has been fun to watch. But what did you think of just the, the play-in games? I'm kind of undecided on whether I like it or not. Um, I get why the NBA is trying to do it. They don't want tanking. I think there's other ways that you could go about making sure that tanking doesn't happen. Um, but they're still tanking. I mean, the Spurs weren't, right? Sure. But the Spurs, like, the Spurs deserve to be in the playoffs or 33 and 39? That's what I'm saying. Like, the, I don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know that it made anything more exciting this year. And next year, who knows, it could be different. I don't want to just judge it on this year. But as a concept, I don't know what I feel about it. Um because I feel like if you do have like four teams leading into the leading into the final weekend, it's going to be exciting. Every game is going to be exciting, right? And if you really want to f- affect tanking, um, you can do that different ways. You can give you can change the way that the odds are set up, right? Like, For sure, you can do that. Um, I just think it's I kind of think it's just another money grab by For sure. a league. For sure. Personally, that's, For that's sure. what I think. And well, it's only a few games, but it's like you can sell a lot of advertising dollars to those few games. No question. No question. And then you have people tuning in, getting geared up for the playoffs. It's kind of primer for the playoffs. And the one and done thing makes it more must watch, right? Like you don't really mind if you miss game two of the Nuggets Blazers, but you're going to mind a little more if you watch Steph Curry get knocked out in the game right. that he gets eliminated in like the Warriors did the other night against the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I thought that was the best thing about it this year was that um, it kept a superstar in it, but also knocked a superstar out. Because we right. would be watching Steph for at least probably five games. I think they could probably get one game off right. um, Utah. I th- actually think they could uh, do some things against Utah. Um, and they could probably compete against Phoenix. We don't get to see that. Like We get to see John Morant, and we get to see Memphis, but like I would rather see Steph. And the NBA playing this year screwed that up. So, eh. Not not a great not a great thing it did this year. John Morant, for people that know, ha- has been gaining a reputation around the league as an up and coming star for sure. But he's still in a small market, and they weren't on national TV that much. So I do think it's a good thing for the NBA in general that he is on, on a in a, in a position to to really have a breakout performance and establish himself as a true star who who could be someday a superstar. We were talking about this the other night while we were watching the Grizzlies Warriors game. Who is John Morant's comp? Because there's a lot of guys that are sort of the evolutionary version of this guy or, you know, the next version of a guy. And it's very rarely you ever find, like, an archetype that's truly unique. Like, Kevin Durant is a one-of-one. That's He's yeah. the only guy that's like him. He's not like anybody before him. He's a unicorn. Yeah. Porzingis is still a unicorn, even though he has not lived up to his, his hype. He's a unicorn on two hooks. <laughs> 
That's right. That's right. But but he still is a six a seven is three he, guy who it? can shoot threes. Yeah. So, but but who is John Morant? Because he's he's not. I couldn't really think of anybody that he really is is like. I usually don't like comps. It's just hard. Um, and this one is kind of tough because I didn't get to see a lot of his career because I was too young. But I was thinking kind of like Isaiah Thomas. But he's so much bigger than Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, but the way they play. That's I mean, interesting. Do you have to be the same? Do you? Have, I mean, you don't have to be the exact same, do you? No. Comparison. Like, John Morant is it, he? He. If you're just comparing guys that are of similar stature to him, a six-three point guard, he's not really like the other six-three guys. First of all, because he's so young, he's still very slight. He's okay. This is going to take this down a, a little bit of a different path, but I get really frustrated with the amount of credit that Ja Morant and the amount of publicity that Ja Morant gets around NBA guys. Like Bill Simmons talks about him all the time. Mm-hmm. Why don't you ever talk about De'Aaron Fox? <laughs> You're really going to tell me that Ja Morant is better than De'Aaron Fox? That's actually an interesting one. They're, they're not very... Honestly, they're good comps for yeah. each other. Yeah, but Fox is a better shooter. No question. And maybe a better defender. Probably a better defender. Yeah. They are both sort of new new prototypes, though, in the fact the six three guard, but that also has unbelievable length and speed, and can just get wherever they want. They're like they're Rondo almost, actually, except for they're bigger than Rondo. They're much better, and they're way way better. They can score, yeah, they way can, more skilled yeah. offensively, yeah. All, all the way around, a hundred percent. One I heard, one I thought was Steve Francis, but Morant is he's better in certain ways already, but also not like Steve Francis in other ways as but well. Francis tried to be more of a shooter, right? And Morant just knows. I mean, Morant, I think he takes like four threes a game. Nobody really on that Memphis team takes threes. And, I mean, he shoots it terribly. So, I don't know. I, I think Isaiah Thomas. But I only get to say Isaiah Thomas like five games a year on YouTube. So <laughs> it's, it's good. Nuan is now 102.9 ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. Kyle Sample in studio with me talking all things NBA. All right, let's talk about the, the actual playoff field. We are a couple games... In every series has had at least one game played. Now, a couple series have had two games played. Last night, the Nuggets with a, a big win over the Blazers, which was a good answer because the Blazers knocked off the Nuggets in game one. Uh, I was watching the Jazz the other night against the Grizzlies, and without Donovan Mitchell, they look shaky, man. So what do you think? I mean, you buy it or sell in the Jazz as a true conference title contender. I buy them. I, I think, I mean, I what they, they are going to get the four of the five. So they're going to get... Uh, the Clippers or Dallas, right? Like I don't, I, I, I don't, I'm not in on either of those two teams. Like they have to go through one I, of those. I'm guys, definitely not in on teams, the Clippers right? only because of, uh, well, not only because, but partially because of just history. I mean, history has never yeah, I don't, been. Kind. I don't trust them. I don't trust them, and I don't trust Ty Lue as a coach at all. For sure, at all. Um, I don't trust Dallas because I don't like the supporting cast that's around Luca. Really, I think if Utah gets through this, if Utah's healthy. Yeah, I think absolutely they can go to the conference finals because I don't think their path is that difficult. I don't think they're one of the three, maybe the three best teams in the West because I think the Lakers, Suns, Nuggets, and probably the Nuggets if they were healthy. Who's winning a seven-game series, the Blazers or the or the Jazz? I think the Jazz. You I mean, so? although the Blazers can do some things that really um, you saw – the Warriors do with Steph Curry, like forcing Gobert to come out to the three point line, which he just will not do. Like Damian Lillard is going to get a lot of space around the three point line if they have to play, if they played Utah. But I'm not sure that the bracket works out that way. Um, but I, I really think I, 
I like the Jazz. I think they're good, especially with Mitchell if Mitchell's healthy. What do you think of the 76ers as the one seed in the East? Are you buying or selling them? Um, I buy them also. I really like their matchup um, with pretty much everybody. Um, there's They have a player that another team can't guard, and they can't guard another player. So it comes down to the effectiveness of that, right? Like, I don't think MB is going to guard Giannis, and they don't really have anybody to really guard Durant. But... If they can find a way, and this is like very, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good strategy, but if you can find a way to put Tybal and Simmons on the floor at the same time mm-hmm. and just not have the, um, the Nets sink in on defense because you don't have to respect their shooting at all, I think they can match up with the Nets. Like I think they could take out those two perimeter guys, and then it's basically just Embiid versus Durant. The, the, the intangible element of... Are the Sixers ready to finally take the next step and truly be an elite team against then a Nets team that it's almost like a brewing volcano? We're just a, we're waiting for some sort of drama to derail them. It hasn't happened yet, but they've also very rarely played with all three of their stars in James Harden and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant together. And so it is a fascinating one because it's almost as if if that was the collision course for the Eastern Conference Finals, which on paper it appears that it is. It's almost like only half of the argument is who plays the best and who executes the best. It's also who doesn't melt down, who doesn't have drama, who doesn't, you know, when Ben Simmons starts missing three, I mean, he doesn't even shoot well, threes, shoot but, three. but, but but when he's when he's just standing out on the perimeter not being guarded by anybody, how does that affect just the way that everything plays out? There's just so many different non-basketball elements that, that could surround this, so many narratives that go into it. And I think that's why it's going to be fascinating to see how it all plays out. But, I mean, they are like, what, a co- why lucky three pointer away from going to the NBA Finals? That's true, right? Like, wasn't that Eastern Conference Finals? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've gone to like almost as far as you can go without getting to the NBA Finals with not the exact same team, but uh, similar makeup. No question. We're gonna talk more NBA in hour number two. But I just saw our latest guest walk in, Kira Huck. She's gonna tell you all the reasons why you need to be sun smart this summer while you're out and about doing all the fun activities that Montana has to offer. Keep it right here on 1029 ESPN Missoula. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. What's up, everybody? Happy Tuesday. Hope you're having an outstanding afternoon. Thanks so much for spending some time with us here on Nuanez Now. I'm Coulter Nuanez in studio with me, Kyle Sample. As a guest host, and now a new guest as well, Kira Huck. She is from the Foundation for Community Health, and they have, we have important announcements. I know a lot of guys that are listening, men and women, that are listening to this show, 
Big weekend, Warriors. You're always getting outside. We can't wait for this time of year because finally we don't have to sit inside in the cold anymore. We can actually go out and enjoy the sun. So we're going to tell you all the reasons you need to protect yourself this summer. Kira, thanks so much for being with us. How are you? Thank you. I'm good. First of all, tell us just broadly about the Foundation for Community Health in general. What what sort of things do you guys do uh, in the community and around the state? Yeah, so we are a Missoula-based nonprofit organization. Um, We actually serve western Montana, um, kind of Missoula and its surrounding counties. Uh, We provide various health education and support programs, um, just kind of focused on improving health outcomes for western Montanans. And one of those programs is our Be Sun Smart program. So tell us more about this. I think that uh, generally... People know that wearing sunscreen is important. We were sort of in jest talking about people that um, think they're too tough for sunscreen and things like that. But uh, and I learned long ago, even though my family's from Arizona, I have a darker complexion. I still, you got to wear the sunscreen because it is horrific, first of all, to get sunburned, but it's also, it's really bad for you. So tell people just kind of about the dangers and why you need to protect yourself. Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, uh, skin cancer is the most common form of cancer in the United States. Um one in five people will develop skin cancer in their lifetime. And why we focus on this topic as an organization, um, honestly, is because of a family's personal story. Um, So we hold the Stephen Robinson Memorial Endowment. And Stephen um, actually passed away from a late melanoma diagnosis at the age of 35. Oh man. Yeah. And so when he died, his family made him a promise that they would do all they could to prevent others from suffering that same fate. And so with that endowment, we are able to provide some education and outreach to Western Montanans to pr- help them protect their skin. So we've, we, people have sort of heard broadly about UV rays, ultraviolet rays, but sort of define that for the people. Because yeah. those are the most dangerous type, right? <laughs> so there are three different types of UV rays. There's UVA, UVB, UVC. Um, UVC, don't they don't reach us as long as the ozone layer stays there. So let's hope that that stays. <laughs> um, but they do different things. So the, the UVA rays are really kind of what we call the aging rays. And that's easy to remember because of the A. Um, but the B rays are the burning rays. And so um, you have different intensities of UVA, UVB rays, depending on lots of things like, you know, time of year, altitude, things like that. But you really do want to protect yourself from... From both of those as much as possible. Um, they both create damage to the skin and that damage to the skin is what ultimately causes skin cancer. We all love to be tan, yes. right? Everybody <laughs> thinks everybody thinks they look better when they are tan. So how do you balance that element of it? Because um, a certain amount of, of vitamin D in your life is a good thing, right? Vitamin D is good. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's important because the sun helps your body naturally make vitamin D. Um, and that is a hard thing to balance. And when it comes to the tan, this isn't going to be a popular answer, but no tan is a safe tan. Mm, interesting. <laughs> so, you, there, you know, there's this myth that um, if you build up a base tan, sure. you're actually protecting your skin. And that's really just not true. Um, any amount of tan is skin damage. And um, there have been studies that have shown that if you get a base tan, like the maximum SPF it can provide is three, which really doesn't do anything. Which is neg- negligible, right? There's <laughs> yeah, not even sunscreen that you. low, really. So there, yeah, there's no there's no safe tan. Um, the base tan is a myth; it does not protect your skin. Um, but yeah, you're right. There, there, and there is there's good things from the sun. So we, we never want to present this as like the sun is completely and horribly bad. You know, it's it's really necessary for survival. Certainly <laughs> um, necessary for our environment, for people, for plants, um, animals. So, but there, you know, you just you have to be careful and you do have to protect your skin so you don't have overexposure to UV rays. Kira Huck joining us from the Foundation for Community Health and we're talking about why you need to protect yourself from the sun, particularly by wearing sunscreen and and other things we're going to get into in a minute. On the topic of SPF, 
This is something I think that I learned. A friend's wife told me this. That <laughs> when sourcing. you get to... She, she studied some of this stuff, so I believe her. When you get to a certain level of SPF, it doesn't matter that you go over that. Is mm-hmm. it SPF 50? Yeah, it's SPF 50. And yeah, she's right. It, once you get to a certain level, it really doesn't matter. And the minimum is really SPF 30. So we always encourage you to wear SPF of at least 30 every day. <laughs> so what's up when you see SPF 75? Like, what is that? What or what does that even... Honestly, a the lot same of formula it, and they're just trying to sell more of it? Yeah, that's what a lot of it comes down to is just um, really trying to push it as better. Um, but after, yeah, after a certain point, it really doesn't provide you as much protection. Um, so, you know, SPF 30, of at least 30. <laughs> and then the, 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 the important thing that I think a lot of people forget is um, the reapplying piece. Like you have to reapply it multiple times throughout the day um, in order for it to be at its, you know, highest level of effectivity. So, so you mentioned every day. And so oftentimes, mm-hmm. you know, we're not necessarily on the golf course with our short sleeve shirts and our shorts on. We're more in our work clothes. We're in our khakis and our slacks or whatever. So less of your body is going to be exposed. Exposed, but your face is always exposed. So one trick I found, <laughs> this might sound sort of girly or feminine, but I don't care. I found the 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 face moisturizer that has the SPF yeah. in it. So then you just put it on your face every day and it's just like you're putting your lotion on mm-hmm. and then you have it on your face, right? So that's sort of a one of the easy strategies to, to start. So tell people some of the other strategies that you guys suggest. Uh, yes. First with sunscreen, but also just other ways you can protect yourself. Yeah, so we use just a little phrase and it's actually um, a campaign of the American Cancer Society and it's slip, slop, slap, and wrap. And it's just, you know, those steps to easily remember what you're supposed to do. So slip is slip on a long sleeve shirt. And kind of like you were saying, you want as much of your skin to be protected as possible, which, you know, it can be hard in the summer because it's hot. <laughs> sure. Um, but, you know, especially for, like, kids, they have, like, those long-sleeve swim wear now that are actually sure. designed to be cooling, but um, slip on a long-sleeve shirt. Slop is for sunscreen. Slop on um, sunscreen with an SPF of at least 30. Slap on a wide-brimmed hat. Um, wide-brimmed hats help protect a larger, you know, surface area. So, baseball caps, as you know, better than nothing. Sure. <laughs> they protect your face, um, protect your scalp and your head. Uh, what what they don't protect is your your ears and your neck. Um, so wide brim hats just provide a little bit better protection. And then wrapping your eyes with UV rated sunglasses. And it is important that your sunglasses have that UV rating. Um, you can actually. And I'm not a doctor, so I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. But there is a specific. Uh, you know, you can get like melanoma of the eye, which I think a lot of people don't realize. Oh really? Wow. I think it is to do with like the cells. Oh, the wow. So I did not retina. know that. So I am, <laughs> I am very nearsighted. I also yeah. have an astigmatism, very blind. I don't enjoy wearing sunglasses because I already have skewed depth perception. So then when I and wear totally sunglasses, I, I have all the blindness. Yeah. I, I it, If I was born a thousand years ago, there's no way I would have made it to 34 years old. No chance. I would have been, <laughs> I would have been, I wouldn't have been able to feed myself. I wouldn't have been able to do anything unless they put me in the corner and just brought me my food. There's no way I would have made it. But I didn't, I didn't realize that though. You, you can get eye damage then yes, as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, in addition to like you said, eye damage, not just, you know, having to worry about cancer of the eye, but just damaging your eyes. So So do I have to become t-shirt in the pool guy or <laughs> or can I just or can I just sunscreen is good. You are going to be safer as t-shirt in the pool guy, okay. but you know, wearing sunscreen is is at least providing you a level of protection again as long as you're reapplying it throughout the day. So well, this is great information. It's very important for everybody out there to, to know this stuff. Kira Huck from the Foundation for Community Health uh, talking about, um, t- what's the name of this campaign again? Tell us one more time. Sun Smart Campaign. Yeah, Be Sun Smart. <laughs> so 
this was good information. You guys obviously probably have this available where people can go reference it and, and sort of cross-check it. So tell people where they can find more information from your organization. Yeah, so you can find more information about our BSense Smart program as well as just some basics on safety steps at uh, fchwmt.org. Um, two other resources we always like to share with everybody is the American Cancer Society and the American Academy of Dermatology. So Very easy to remember, fchwmt.org. And uh, you can find all of this great information about why you need to be sun smart throughout the summer. And as Kira said, every single day year round. Kira, very informative and very important. Thank you so much for swinging by. Thank you. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula. The Missoula Paddleheads made their long-awaited debut. 616 days since they changed their name and then actually played a game. They played three of them. They won all three. Great start for Missoula's minor league baseball team. Jeff Safford, the new voice of the Paddleheads, in studio with us next. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. to Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Is that why you're playing this? Gotta be the greatest baseball movie of all time. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanez. Kyle Sample guest hosting with me today. And now, Jeff Safford, the voice of the Missoula Paddleheads, in studio with us as well to talk about all things baseball-related. First and foremost, guys, what is the greatest baseball movie of all time? I would say The Sandlot. I love me some Sandlot. It's Sandlot. There's, there's no lot. other movie. Uh, there's some arguments. Where are you at with this, Jeff? Oh, man. That's that's really putting me on the spot right out of bed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Jeff did have to call not one but two games last night, and he was sending me press releases at 1.30 in the morning, so uh, he had a late night. Field of Dreams? You guys, any of you guys Field of Dreams, guys? I like Field of Dreams. I, I saw that one... On TV just the other night, actually. It was one of those, you know, you got a late night after a baseball game. You're trying to wind down with something, and you just hear, go with the distance. And it's like, all right, let's go the distance with with uh, Mr. Yellowstone. I'm, I'm Kevin Costner. Oh, there Costner. We go. Yeah, he's not too far down the road. I know they um, were filming Yellowstone over at the... Uh, oh, yeah. What, what's that? The the stock farm over That's in right. Hamilton. That's right. Our, yeah, uh, our good... Our good friend Carolyn, the resident chick who doesn't know sports. She will make an appearance in the upcoming season of Yellowstone. She is uh, world famous now that she is on Kevin Costner's show. She even said hello to, to Mr. Costner one time, so she's very proud of herself. Where are you at with baseball movies, Sample? Major League. 
Oh, and, Major League endlessly quotable. Endlessly quotable. Here's, here's something that's annoying. People that are from Montana, you know this. There's no pro sports team within eight hours of Missoula and more like 10 and most of the time more like a day away because we're in the middle of nowhere out here in Montana. That's the best part about it. But kids that grow up in Montana, they all pick various pro sports teams. You're all over the place. I mean, Sample likes the Sacramento Kings and the San Francisco 49ers, which I guess are sort of regionally applicable. But Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, right. I love the Cleveland Indians. Albert Bell became my favorite player when I was eight years old. I just, I love the Cleveland Indians. But it was so annoying growing up in Missoula because everybody just said, oh, you just like the Indians because of Major League. And it had literally nothing to do with it. It had to do with the fact that the Indians were the best home run hitting team on Frank Thomas Big Hurt Baseball in 1995. And I just loved the Indians. And I've just been an Indians fan ever since. You're a big Ricky Vaughn guy. (laughs) (laughs) The wild thing, baby. Who's your professional team? Jeff, uh, I I grew up watching the Giants. Um, yeah, because you're from you're from the that correct. area, right? Bay yeah. Area. And it's kind of odd because most for the most part, Bay Area sports team isn't really who I associate myself with. But I'm my family wasn't really huge on baseball growing up, and it was just the local team. I just kind of started watching games, listening to John Miller and Dwayne Kuyper, Mike Ruko, great, um, great, great group of guys that call games there, and just kind of fell in love with the team and. Yeah, it doesn't hurt that they won three and five there a number of years back. But and John Miller on Sunday Night Baseball as a little kid, so good, super good, absolutely. It is the prime era. I mean, for for somebody your age, the Giants were very good basically the, for the duration of your of your younger years, right? Yeah, there was a there was a period there from around two thousand five to two thousand and ten when they won the first one, where they weren't very good. When they went through that stage where they had Felipe Alou as the manager, and it was kind of an old roster and Barry Bonds was kind of towards the end of his career, blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, yeah, the Giants were a very strong franchise through that whole period. And then Bochy showed up and Buster Posey and that whole young crew of guys. A lot of them are still around in San Francisco now, but. Nuwana is now 1290 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. We are doing our baseball segment for the week. We do this each and every week, either Tuesdays, Thursdays, or maybe we'll do both, just depending on if the Missoula Paddleheads are on the road or at home. Um, Jeff Safford joining us. He's the new voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. What is your uh, perspective on Barry Bonds? Because I always tell people I was the biggest baseball fan of all time. I love, uh, love baseball. And the Giants were my National League team. And my, my mom's family, I actually do have affiliation to that because my mom's from the Bay Area and her brothers grew up Giants fans. Went to Giants games when I was a kid when we would go down to visit my uncles. And I always just loved Barry Bonds, too, as soon as he got traded from the Pirates to the Giants. Loved him. But then I read Game of Shadows, the infamous uh, but epic investigative journalism all about the, uh, the Balco scandal and Victor Conti and, and all the steroids and all of it. I remember buying it, and I read it from front to back the day I bought it, and then I didn't watch baseball for about a year. It just was broke my heart. I I, I hated it. it. Made me. It makes me sick to think of, of it even now. What is your perspective, though, as somebody that's from there, about the way that that all went down? I mean, it's such an interesting story, so to speak, because Bonds was for me as a barrier guy. He was such a polarizing figure, and for sure. He was just a guy that. I mean, there will never be anything like when that guy would get in the box. I mean, I remember going Never. to I remember going to Giants games as a kid and if he wasn't in the lineup that day, it would be like a huge letdown that he wasn't going to be there. And every time he was 
at bat. You know, normally at a baseball game, you want to be cruising around in San Francisco. The big thing is to get, they have these giant crab melts and garlic fries, and they got fantastic food over there. But, um, but when Bonds was hitting, it was like, oh, no, 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 you cannot leave your seat. And the guy was just must-watch television content, whatever you want to call it. And, I mean, that's kind of my take on it. I mean, yes, there is the steroids. Yes, there is all these negative things. But, my goodness, I mean, what the, that man did was just incredible in my eyes. That's the most frustrating part about it to me is if you believe the the, the full-on narrative of Game of Shadows, which I fully do, I think it's uh, excellent reporting. I think they fact-checked exhaustively. But basically the premise is that Barry Bonds started taking steroids following the 1999 season. Well, at the time that Barry Bonds allegedly started taking steroids, and there's obviously no positive tests to prove this, it's all uh, still from the from the, the pen of a journalist is the only real true quote-unquote affirmation. But Bonds hit 49 home runs the season before. He had 494 home runs and more than 500 stolen bases before he ever took a steroid. He was a, I believe, three or maybe even four-time National League MVP before he ever took a steroid, which that is what is the most frustrating part to me is you can say that Bonds broke these records and um, inflated his stats and inflated his head and all these things because of uh, of the abuse of illegal substances. And if, if you criticize him for that, I fully, I, I cannot disagree with you. But if Barry Bonds would have retired the day before he ever took a steroid, he's still a first ballot Hall of Famer. And oh. that's the most frustrating part to me. I think that's a, I think that's a really good point that I think a lot of people in the Bay Area talk about is that, yeah, you think about before the steroids even came, you look at what Bonds did. I mean, he's one of the only players ever to have a 40-40 season where he stole 40 bases and hit 40 home runs. One of three I mean, guys ever. Jose Canseco, Alex Rodriguez, Barry Bonds. That's it. Yeah. And, and he was almost he was almost a 500-500 guy before he ever took a steroid, too. He was also a 10-time Gold Glove winner before he ever took a steroid. Yeah, I mean, I mean what that man did was... Just incredible, and, that, and like you were saying, the, the ferocity he had in the box too. You can say that the steroids make you hit it into the into the lake every once in a while, right? You're hitting it a little farther. You're getting a little more juice on the ball. Maybe it gets you 10, 15 extra home runs in a year. Okay, whatever. It still doesn't. I don't think steroids make you have the greatest eye at the plate since Ted Williams. I don't think steroids give you the most intimidating presence in the batter's box since who? Babe Ruth? I mean, really, there's, there's no one in the modern generation like Barry Bonds. I mean, I I remember back in the day that um, at, I'm trying to remember what the name of the park officially, I think it was still Pacific Bell Park back in the mm-hmm. day, and still everybody in the Bay Area still calls it Pac Bell, even though the name of the stadium has changed about 15 times. <laughs> sure. But, uh, <laughs> Sounds like pro sports in a nutshell. Yeah, but um, but back in the day when, when Bonds was getting walked seemingly every at bat, when his on base percentage was about 500. <laughs> literally. They had, yeah, literally. That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> but um, that they would put chickens up on the right field wall for every intentional walk, like the rubber chicken, like a rubber chicken. And that's how egregious it became. That every time he got walked up, let's put another one up there, you know. And by the end of the season, the entire brick wall on right was just like a line of chickens because he had been walked who knows how many times. Hundreds. I mean, I think he walked uh, a major league record 220-something times one year. I mean, an unbelievable uh, era. And so I guess, well, before we get it, I do want to talk paleheads with you. Go ahead, Sample. I I was going to say, I think I watched him one time get intentionally walked with the bases loaded. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It did happen. 
And if you're if you're looking for some fun Bonds content, he had an at bats when um, Eric Gagne was at the top of his game with the Dodgers. There was this one specific at bat he had. I think it was in I want to say 2005, and there was if you Google at Gagne versus Bonds, I'm sure it'll be the first at bat that comes up. It's just this epic battle. He gets behind in the count early. You know he battles, battles, and and he hits this one foul ball to right field that I, it may be the longest foul ball I've ever seen. I mean, he hits it, pulls it to right field into McCovey Cove, and it's just like, oh my. McCovey Cove is the water that you see if a guy pulls one and hits a splash hit if you've ever seen game in San Francisco. And it's just like, just it's just something about this at bat. It's just like, wow. And then he smokes this, ends up smoking a home run to center field at the end of it. But it's just like, man. Didn't he hit home run after home run into McCovey Cove, but, like, nobody else could really ever do it? I mean, I, like I, would, be, very few I would be surprised if, if there's still been more splash hits hit by any other player in San Francisco versus Bonds, even yeah. all these after all these years. The kayaks out there were hilarious. That was so funny. Chasing down his, his record-setting home run balls and stuff, they were hilarious. Okay, before we get into some paddleheads, so Jeff Saffer from the Missoula Paddleheads joining us here on Nuanas. Now Kyle Sample also in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. Yes or no? We don't need the analysis. Just yes or no for both of you guys. Is Barry Bonds deserving to be in the Hall of Fame? Yes. I say yes. Yes. I totally agree. I think... I, I, I think... I, I totally side on the argument that the Hall of Fame is a museum. It's not. not it's not a shrine. It's not a. It's not a. Um, a remembrance for those on best behavior. It's the remembrance of what happened in the history of the game, and it happened. No matter what you think of it, it happened. I was talking about the paddleheads last night. You had a long night, Mister Jeff. <laughs> yes, it was I did. a doubleheader uh, in Missoula, at, but the paddleheads come out smelling like a rose. They are off to a great start. Three and zero for the uh, Missoula's minor league baseball team. They had a great win Saturday in their opener in front of a sellout crowd. Sunday was rained out, and then last night a pair of seven-inning games uh, that culminated then uh, with a pair of victories over the Great Falls Voyagers. So what's the the number one takeaway you have from this team? Because you said it kind of last night on the radio during the second game when they were pouring it on one more time. Well, they score a total of, what, 24 runs in three games. So this team's hitting the ball really well, and it was a statement win, especially that third win, uh, playing on a short turnaround and to get the sweep over the Voyagers. Yeah, I mean, you just look at what they did as a whole, and I would think Michael Schlack and their coaching staff has to be extremely happy with how the team performed. I mean, approach-wise at the plate, it seems like everyone had a plan. Um, Even looking at some of the younger guys, like especially I was impressed with Luke Navagato. He's a first-year pro out of Cal Baptist. He was hitting in the two-hole for most of the three-game series. He just had some really good at-bats where he – wasn't trying to do too much, knew what the situation was, and he executed. And so so much times you see guys that are, you know, trying to go up there to be the hero, you know, hit dingers, that type of thing. No, he was staying short, putting the ball in play, and doing what he was supposed to do. And that was fantastic. And the pitching, I mean, wow. Especially in game two last night, 17 strikeouts from the staff in a seven-inning game. I mean, they were potentially on record for the Pioneer League record for a nine-inning game, which was 22 strikeouts for nine innings. So you never know. If that game would have gone nine, they could have, they could have gotten there the way they were mowing them down last night. It was, that was an incredible. I mean, Domingo Pena, Domingo Pena, excuse me, the starter there, he had 10 strikeouts in four innings. And I think part of the reason why he didn't go longer was the offense was doing so much, and he was 
sitting in the dugout kind of getting cold, so to speak. Missoula Paddlehead's back in action tomorrow night. This is very easy in terms of your scheduling purposes. The Paddleheads just don't play on Tuesdays. That's their off day, right? And pretty much Correct. every other game, every other day, excuse me, for the rest of the summer, they're basically going to be in action, right? Correct. Yep. So that's very easy for your planning. If it's a Tuesday, there's no Paddleheads. If there's not, there's likely a Paddleheads game, and we'll always let you know when those games are here in Missoula or when they're on the road. All the action will be brought to you here on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as for uh, at least a select uh, number of home games on SWX Montana television as well. The uh, Paddleheads back in action Wednesday uh, here in Missoula, Idaho Falls. Chuckers coming to town for a three-game series. Some special promos going on down at the ballpark. It's Daddy-Daughter Night on Wednesday. So that would be specials for all the dads that want to bring their girls out to the game. It's also the first of the Wolf Wednesdays, which means that uh, dogs allowed to the ballpark to add to the excitement of Paddleheads baseball. That is presented by our sister station, the U1045 FM, as well as Shields. Gates open 6.05 Wednesday, and uh, first pitch slated for 7.05. Quickly, Jeff, just uh, uh, maybe a couple sentences on what you expect for this upcoming series. How do the Paddleheads stay hot? I would say they just keep on doing what they've been doing. Obviously, at the plate, they've had great success offensively. The pitching staff has done so well. This Idaho Falls team is going to be a challenge if you look at what they've done offensively over that three-game series against Billings. They were averaging around 11 runs a game for those three games, hitting over well over 300 as a team. So it's going to be a strong offensive team. But Billings, they were able to score quite a bit as well. I saw the score on opening night. I think it was 17-11, to 11, and Billings got into double digits again, I think, on one of the two doubleheader games yesterday because they played a doubleheader as well. So... Expect a lot of offense, and we'll see how the Paddleheads pitching staff does trying to control that offense for the Chuckers. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup for him. Jeff Safford, Missoula Paddleheads, voice of the Missoula Paddleheads. You can find him right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula, throughout the summer. Just remember, besides Tuesdays, we're likely going to have the Paddleheads on the radio, including Jeff calling every single home game. So that'll be fun as we continue to proceed with this uh, new iteration of minor league baseball in Missoula. 3-0 start for the Paddleheads. Off to a pretty good start. Hour one in the books. Hour two coming at you. We're going to talk about the rise and fall of various college football programs. What are the factors in why Texas and USC aren't what they once were? Also going to keep talking about the NBA playoffs. We got our Treasure State Stars and we got free sandwiches for you as well. Keep it right here at 1029 ESPN Missoula. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 